I don't know. When watch a fucking kiddies movie, it's a bit weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you say that, I'm actually going to the cinema on Friday. You're oh, saying? I've gone wrong. I've got to see Barbie. Oh, no, no, that's, is that not like a, is that not like a 15 or 12 years? I don't know. It's not a PG, what I mean is like. It's based on a kid's toy, essentially. Aye. Going to watch like a PG or a U or something yourself, I would get that, that's a bit weird. You know what I mean? Like just you in there watching like they get that off too. (laughs) Sean still needs to finish that. (laughs) Great film. I thought we were going to actually. What I was? I thought we were actually going to go to the cinema and watch Barbie. I think we should. Let's decide Hunter's it. Go, well, well, if Hunter's going with Laura, then we could just obviously go. We don't need to go together. Well, I'm sure Laura wouldn't mind us all going with them. <laughs> no, not at all. The one at the cinema. <laughs> Sorry, I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! Stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Up here, you morons! Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! Hey, moron! Well. My last experience of going to the cinema myself, I was down in Birmingham and I paid to go into the IMAX. I want to say it was like 20 quid or something to see Doctor Strange. Um, and I drove to Birmingham that morning, like left the house at like four in the morning or something like that. And I uh, bought my two two bottles of Corona that the guy had to pour into a big, big massive tub for me because you weren't allowed to take the glass in. Sat through watching the eye, the eye church as it was coming on. And then fell asleep and woke up at the end of the movie when somebody told me it was finished. Right. So it was 20 quid, well, probably about 30 quid actually, once I got my snacks and my drinks well spent in a fucking uncomfy seat where I could just be sitting in the hotel room myself and just went to sleep anyway. It must have so, been relatively comfy if you fell asleep on it. Exactly. A hard worker, guys, eh? Like, I work too hard, so I get tired on these days. At the... But um, will you come to the cinema, Sean? I feel like you were saying no before. Uh, I think Laurie's want to go see that, so I would go see it with her. I uh, think I might go myself to a 10.50 viewing again on a Monday morning, actually. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I think that should be your new thing, go to the earlier one on your own and see what happens. No, no to be fair, it's the only times I went, I think I went to cinema twice on myself now, like obviously last week and the James Bond movie I went to see, but Obviously, James Bond was like, I think it was the week it was out, and it was like an early show, and say it was like 11, 12 o'clock, but it was busy. Whereas, I prefer, like, if I'm off, like, I'm sometimes off on Monday, so it's, it, I end up thinking this after each time I go, like, oh, I might keep on doing that more and more often, and I never do it. So, you can speak <laughs> to me again in six months, but I've still no, still no went again myself. Have all of you been to the pictures on your own at some point in your life? Yeah, yeah I used to do it a lot. I could, I, I just, it, it's just not something that I could ever I think I'd, I just don't know if I could do it like I'd like you're I, too, I remember, you're I, too I, anxious and insecure Sean that's oh, what I fuck. like see just the build see just the build up of walking in there on my own <laughs> thinking all oh, these people are looking at me I'm like who walks into a cinema on their own probably fucking well, hundreds of people a week I remember uh, last season uh, I went to the football myself 
which I, I just drive to the football. So like, I drove through to Glasgow, parked at the wee bit of park it, and then it's like a 15-minute walk. And even doing that, like I felt like it just didn't feel right. It was really, really bizarre. So like going to like the cinema, because like, I see these things as like a social thing. And it's the same like going to a pub. Like, I can never go into a pub and sit and have like a pint myself. Even oh, I was going to say that, Sean. It's like I'm similar. I think I'm similar to you. It's like I like I don't like even if even if me and Sean are meeting at a pub, and I'm there myself at say one in the afternoon, I'd feel uncomfortable being there myself I for just 10, 15 minutes or whatever. But I think the cinema feels different because you're just going to a place. Telly's the telly's going to be on, and then you're just going to watch a film. The but, telly. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like, there's absolutely like, I, I can understand why people do it. Again, it's just that's just what I'm like. I could I couldn't not think about, and it's so stupid and irrational. I know that, but uh, no, frankly, for people that do it, it's obviously it's, you're just watching a film, as you say. It's the same with doing other things on your own, like going out for like dinner on your own. I see. I wouldn't do that. I think yeah, it's, I, I, was, that, I would never. I would never have thought I would go to the cinema myself until did it the first time. You know what I mean? It was the sun I'd. For if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, nah, I'm not going myself. We're just going to go to the cinema. Oh, <laughs> Daniel's, Daniel, well, you, you can tell, I don't know if you've told this one before, but your one's better than what mine's is, so I think, in terms of how, when you went to cinema on your own. Oh, I, I went, to, I've done that a couple of times, but one time notably was to see a film called Beautiful, but with Javi Bardem in it, which is a Spanish language film. Um, what time was it in the day that you went to see that one? Was it actually a reasonable hour? Nah, it was like 20 past eight at night. It was like prime time cinema time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think uh, a Spanish drama was very popular. So I went in and for the first week, but right up until about a minute before the film started, it was just me only cutting there. And then annoyingly, just before the film started, another guy came in. So it was just me and another guy who was also on his own, like two weirdos sitting here watching this Spanish film. And then, like halfway through, he took out his in his little snacks, and it was a tuna sandwich, a stinking tuna sandwich, <laughs> like stinking the place out, fucking warmed by sitting in his bag for like half an hour. Like what a fucking weirdo, man! And I bet you the only reason. Sorry, on you go. No, I was just gonna say, it just made me think he's a weirdo, but I'm also a fucking weirdo. I'm here sitting there, <laughs> being like. The only reason that, that he's probably taking a tuna sandwich is because he's thought there'll be absolutely nobody else here. And then when he's walked in and seen you, he's thought, fuck. And he sat for like the first hour of the film thinking, should I take out this sandwich? <laughs> and as time goes on, the smell gets worse. The sandwich is going to taste worse. He's thought, fuck, I'm just going to need to do it. He's probably thinking too, it's like, if I take it out, I'm going to have to share it with Daniel as well. But then he just didn't even <laughs> offer you half Did he even offer you half? No, didn't no. even make eye contact with a guy once. It was that awkwardly near each other. Well, I tell you what, though, a guy turning up to the cinema to watch a Spanish subtitled movie with a tuna sandwich is a very, very maverick move. Do you see, Where, see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> Christ. This is going to be a podcast. <laughs> One of my better ones, isn't it? <laughs> well, we spent seven minutes talking about sandwiches and cinema trips where you're having to put the heat off it yourself in the middle of it, Burnsy. Uh, let's get talking about Top Gun Maverick, the movie of choice for this week. Um, who selected this movie again? That would be me. It's an interesting choice to take the sequel to a movie that not everybody had seen. 
again, in my mind, everyone's seen Top Gun. That's like a bumsy aside, obviously, but <laughs> he's raised his hand there. But everyone has seen Top Gun at least. I was just going to ask you, I was talking to her mum about this earlier because she was asking what films were watching and she was saying that she'd seen Top Gun Maverick but she's also seen the original but when a point that you had made, I don't know who it was in our chat, said that like, you're not going to watch the original I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to watch the original for basically, why would I watch two movies when we've only needed to watch one? That was my response I think, but she had said to me that um, a lot of it for her was a copy of the first movie and mm-hmm. also so that was giving me the impression that there was very little need to watch the first movie to get this one, which is what I thought watching it without going into my thoughts early. But I just wondered if you had the same opinion as what she did in terms of a lot of it is like a a copy, which seems a bit bizarre. It is, but you've got to bear in mind there's 30 years or something between the movies, mm-hmm. so the, there has to be callbacks to what made it so popular at the time. But... The, the reason I was mentioning it in the chat to you previously is that the whole storyline for this movie is based on the relationship that he had with someone in the first movie. Right, okay. So to get that attachment to it, and now bear in mind, I'd only watched Top Gun for the first time like three months ago or something. It wasn't even that long ago that I watched the first one. But I knew that I couldn't watch the second one without watching the first one, and I'm glad that I did because you need to have that connection to Rooster um, mm-hmm. as to why they have got that relationship together. That was the other thing I was going to ask as well, is, is that I might have had a, obviously I don't know because I've not watched the first one, but if I thought it was there was too much similarities, then I would have, and I watched it recently like you did, Kyle, is I've got a feeling that I might have scored it lower than what I would have, but it's good obviously that it's not, doesn't sound as if it's going to be like that for you. It's not as if it ruins your enjoyment because you thought they've done that again, they've done that again. A lot of it's the same as what it was previously, which maybe I wouldn't have that opinion. And I would probably only watch the first one if we were. Well, I don't. I don't understand why we go back and watch the first one after doing the sequel, right? Enough, it'd be a bit of funky way to do it. But you never know. <laughs> and do you know what? the the sequel's far better than the first one. Well, I haven't chosen this. I'm assuming as a fan of the first one. So, what do you think, this one yeah. or the first one? For me, I think. There's a lot of the first, like both are very strong for, and I think with the first one, it's a lot of the nostalgia. I think is why you get the warmer feelings towards the first one, kind of like the soundtrack, kind of. Like they're a lot younger, right? Like it's a bit more relatable. Some of the some of the characters and the relationships in it, but I think this one, storyline wise, performance wise, uh, just the production wise, I think this one is. It's a much better film, but I think the first one deserves still a fair bit of credit for it as well, because obviously it's obviously been so well thought of and it's still a good enough film that they've been driving to make a sequel of some form of it for years. And obviously it's kind of similar with Trainspotting and T2, that in order to get the right storyline, you've maybe got to let time develop. Then you've got, you can go back and give characters a bit of backstory, fill in the gaps. I mean, you were, it wasn't like there was anyone, apart from maybe some of the new recruits, but that's to be expected. But this film still did a good enough job of tying in the first one and this, like without yeah, either of us being overwhelmed or 
there, there was nothing you were kind of like, oh, where the fuck did that come from? Like, what's the happened here? It's still done a good enough job of keeping both films tied in together, but yet still having... So there was still... For me, there would still be enough to enjoy this film having not seen the first one. Like, you, you wouldn't go and hating it. You would still... There's still enough in, in, in this film as a, as a good standalone film that you would still be able to enjoy it to an extent. I was just going to add, just like, I'd, I think there was only one thing I messaged you, Kyle, about, which we can probably go into later, and you confused me even more with your response, but, um, <laughs> like, when I, there wasn't any parts of the film, I, I don't know if Foy's, I don't know if Sean watched the first one as well, but um, there wasn't any parts where I was confused with, there was a few bits that obviously you, you have to think, right, who is that, and then they do explain it to you quite well, and you understand where all, you maybe understand more about the first one as it progresses instead of being given all the information in one point, but it does tie everything together so that at the end of the film, I think I knew a lot of the story about the first one, having not seen it. And I think that's a really good way to do it instead of having, instead of doing like a recap of the full first film in the first 10 minutes, that would just like, that would just be boring. And it would, and I think as well that it would annoy, I would imagine it would annoy the likes of you who have seen the first one. You're like, right. We've watched the first one. Stop just telling us what happens again. Like if you want, if you're that interested mm-hmm. in this film, go and watch the first film. Not just give a rerun of it. I right, too. So have you seen the first one, Sean? Uh, when it was a couple, it was probably six months or something. In fact, no, it would have been when this one came out. Actually, me and Laurie just put it on, but after I sleep during it, and we never ever went back to it. I was going to watch it, obviously, because it was chosen here. Uh, but I just didn't, and I never got around to it. But I already knew how the first one kind of went anyway, because while we were watching it, I can't remember, but the the boy dying was somebody texted or something about it. She's obviously said to somebody I'm watching Top Gun, and they've thought she's seen it, and then they've mentioned, I can't remember the boy's name, but the boy with the tash dying. So we knew that at that time. So I knew that, that that was the case going into this. But even though... I went into this without watching all of the first one. I actually kind of fairly still enjoyed it. And I suppose you, I've just taken it as a kind of standalone, but there is a background to it. Uh, but I actually thought it was all right. Like, the whole way through, like, when they gave, uh, again, I can't remember the character's name, uh, Maverick, that's actually, when they gave Maverick the, the role of being the teacher uh, to these uh, young recruits or whatever, I was saying to myself, like, why don't they just have him do this operation? It would save them so much time. And then obviously in the end, they did anyway. But it would have saved so much time and hassle just saying, right, you be the main guy in this. Uh, just pick your team or whatever. But instead, he's been trying to prepare somebody else to be the lead guy for three quarters of the film before just jumping a plane in his own and then doing this. And another thing that I didn't really kind of understand as well is, a lot of the film is obviously based on the enemy having far more advanced technology and planes. So they're saying, like, you need to go this low, you need to be this quick, because otherwise you can't get in a dogfight with these things because you'll, you'll be dead. Why didn't they just use more advanced planes? Like, the one that he flew in the opening scene looked a hell of a lot more advanced than this F-18 that they were flying. And again, I'm no aviation expert, but surely... Like you just use the most advanced fighter planes that you've got to combat the enemies, maybe slightly more advanced fighter planes. I didn't really understand that part. 
but in terms of like the, I thought it was a kind of semi-enjoyable watch. Uh, it did feel very nineties. Obviously, again, it's trying to latch on to the the feel of the first film at parts. I suppose with the with the music and stuff, they've kept kind of some uh, the same songs for a lot of it. And they also had that. I forget me, forgive me if I'm wrong, but they had a scene in the first one where they were all topless on the beach playing volleyball. This time they were mm-hmm. just playing American football. Yeah, but weird. Also, just I think I've said this before. I just find the whole American loving with whether it's the army, the navy, or whatever, just very bizarre. Like they treat it like it's a game. They boast about their killings. They're all like cocky, arrogant guys. I just find that the whole health thing really, really strange. Uh, but that aside, taking it for what it was, I, th- I thought it was a quite an easy and a kind of semi-enjoyable watch. I think an, an easy watch is a really good way to describe this movie because you don't need it to give it much brain power uh, to, to what's going on. One thing I wanted to ask, though, and he's mentioned it, uh, I think Burns mentioned it earlier about, or Sean mentioned it, sorry, just... Why not just get Maverick to do the flight? Mm-hmm. Do we think that the new recruits were expendable? All of them were. They all were. Yeah, but I feel like... He was on like the shookiest of sugary pigs. They wanted him out, so basically he was expendable as well. Like, but I think if he dies, it probably saves them a fair bit of paperwork to pay him off. There was one scene, though, where they talked about the, the mission and then Tom Cruise's character says, and to come home. And you could just, with John Hamm's character, Big Ham, shout out to his big willy, um, <laughs> he, you could tell that, that that wasn't something they had discussed about them coming home, which which is why I thought they've maybe, they've got this well-renowned captain who's obviously a big deal, and they thought, right, we'll get him in to train them because he's he'll get them to the level where they can go, but we don't really care if they come back or not. The easy part is to put him into it, but <laughs> he's maybe a bit more a bit more, I don't know, high profile for them and they can't just quite happily get rid of them like they would do their, the other pilots. Because they, they only really wanted them to blow that thing up. They weren't intent on them coming back. Did they not make a lot of comments how they're the best recruits that they could get? Or do you think that was just all made up? And I think that's cool. America in a nutshell, though, isn't it? Whatever oh. they've got is the best in the world. It doesn't matter. Like, any Nothing. sporting stuff that's always the best in the world is just American stuff. Aye. The other thing I was going to say, though, is like you're saying, obviously, that for um, Tom Cruise to just go and fly it and do the do the mission. But obviously, the way they've set it up, that wouldn't have worked because he needed all these other people to be with him, though. Like, there was obviously... Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, like, they could have, and like, I suppose in the real world, they would have just had the best person doing this job. And in this case, it would have been Tom Cruise's character. He would then uh-huh. have been assigned to basically pick a team to go with him. Which in the end they went with the boy's son, uh, and then the other, uh, the lassie, and the boy that blacked out on one of the trial runs. So, like, it really just should have been like you're going to be the, I think it was a team leader they called them or whatever. Right. It is. You're the main guy. Mm-hmm. You need to go and pick your team. We've got oh, right. twelve yeah. of the best uh, young upcoming pilots, whatever the fuck they are. You choose them. Like, I was. That's all that was on my mind for the majority of this film was why the fuck did they not just get, have, have him do it? But it does make sense in what like Hunter was saying about uh, Hunter and Kyle saying that they basically just wanted them gone anyway. Mm-hmm. He's basically stayed a captain. It doesn't want he could have progressed through the ranks 
in whatever fucking department of the military he's in, and could have been a caught, I don't know the fucking rankings, whatever it is, but he just wanted to be a captain so he could fly planes, like, but I'll have a fuck, go and get a girlfriend, like, <laughs> just hanging about fucking planes all day, just, you're about, you're in your 50s, boom, <laughs> fucking going a night out, <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry Bonzi, just before you come in, I forgot to say as well, uh, at the, when he goes into that bar, and he's talking to the barmaid, and then, she, like, and obviously, Miles Taylor, is there kicking about, and this was just before he introduced himself to, to them as his as their teacher. How did he know see him in there? Because he was huckled out when she rang the bell, whatever mm-hmm. ceremony that is that they do. Surely he would have seen him kicking about because every other recruit basically seen him, except the guy that he, I suppose he kind of wanted to see him because he was he was what his dad's old buddy or whatever the terminology is. And then, like, because even the build up to that, I was like, oh, like this guy obviously resents him because he's dad's death, so this should be quite good. Them coming face to face for the first time, and the camera just literally panned to Miles Taylor, and he just looked down at, the, at his wee desk. I was like, is that it? And then <laughs> they had like, as as they're walking out to the planes, and Tom Cruise is shouting on him, he just kind of turns around and they had a brief interaction. Does he not? Did they kind of touch on it that there was this was the like the they had obviously had some form of interaction in the years in between the two films where when he, when he rejects his thing, his application, that, that does kind of allude to the fact that there has been conversations between the two since then. So it's maybe just a case of, like, there's, there's no this as, as big a reveal as what it is because they have still spoken at some points over the years. That yeah. Maybe that's why it's kind of, and obviously these guys are, as the, as it's touched on the creme de la creme of fucking the naval flying school that if somewhere we got to have a level of decorum and professionalism that he's not just going to kick up fuck and start flinging shit at him in the middle of this lecture hall or whatever they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I was going to say is when you were talking about Tom Cruise is like how he's how he's not progressed or whatever. They do make reference to how he's an absolute nightmare to manage and how like. What I can't is it Ice the guy's called if I just made that up. Ice Ice, man. Ice, Ice man. I'll call him Ice for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Ice and Mar. <laughs> is that he's obviously the only one that's got his back. That's the reason he's got the job, basically. Whereas I to me, like obviously the now now I didn't think about this at the time watching it. Obviously, the per Ice doesn't want shot of him, but the rest of them obviously when when they sort of want to take over the mission, all that kind of stuff. I I don't know. If, now thinking of that, maybe maybe that was always the plan. They thought, well, if we chuck him out completely, if we want shot of him, he might come back and do what he did and try to prove that he can do the can do the mission. Which, um, I think that was, Tom Cruise's initial idea, Maverick's initial idea was to just pick his own team, and they didn't want that. Uh-huh. And he had to fucking break the law to fucking. Show that he could do it. I suppose. But do you think that they? Do you think that they are long? Do you think when they, because he doesn't get chucked off the mission in terms of training them until Ace dies. So do you think in the back of them? Do you think that was a complete surprise? That or do you think they always thought, well, he if we chuck him off, he's going to do something ridiculous, 
No, it wasn't meant to do that, but that was a surprise. But uh, it was a surprise to me watch. It's only because of the discussion we're having now that I'm maybe overthinking it a bit. Well, Jennifer Connelly's character makes reference to the fact that every time he fucks up, he makes a phone call to Ice Man and Ice Man fixes it. Mm-hmm. So there might be a big, a big element of that. Um, but uh, I mean, in terms of film, right? I enjoyed it. I know we're, we're shitting on a lot of little potholes for it here, but as as a a quick two hours, like two hours and ten minutes or something, this movie is. It's a quick watch. I thought like it's it's nothing exciting. The story's not the best, but it's one that you can enjoy watching. Um, it's quite an obvious movie though. Like it was obvious that he was going to come in. He was going to throw the rule book in the bin, and he was going to do things his way. Not that like, there was no running by the book of what they wanted it to do, but. They know not taking him in, um, so those bits aren't as aren't as shocking when he does it or when he makes someone take their tops off and oil up. It's probably the best part of the film. Top come at that point anyway. John Ham's big William top come. I've been two ones so far. I've I've stayed quite quiet on this so far. I think this is dog shit. Dog fight is the dog fight that they do, Daniel. No dog shit. <laughs> dog shit in the highest order. Do you know what it is? Like, I don't find pilots with stupid nicknames cool in any way. So, like, so the whole thing is just fucking really lame to me. Like, oh, I'm Coyote. Like, fucking shit. No, you're no. Your name's fucking Kevin or whatever. Like, is that Jake Gyllenhaal? I don't know who's who. Really, that's funny. Um, aye, and then see after the third time I've seen Tom Cruise in a simulator going like this, side to side oh, I'm going through a valley I'm going left and right to get through because I'm going to be so close to the ground Like, I mean there's like about an hour's worth of that in the whole fucking film Like, just, I think see if you didn't get a hard on for planes I don't understand what there is to like about this Like, I, I, it's just no for me, I like the original Top Gun uh, Guys flying oh, planes. Man, I didn't get a hard on for planes, to be honest. Well, aye. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, just, it really doesn't do it for me. I don't I don't find the military cool. I don't find... One thing, the thing I thought was quite interesting was that the enemy wasn't a named yes. enemy. I think I that's... Put in's going to just press the big red button if the Ruskies were named as a name in this... I found that a bit strange, like the side note of it. They want to make sure that they can show it in every single market. Yeah. So there's like nameless, faceless mm-hmm. bad guys. Like you don't even get to see a single actual bad guy. Yeah. It was also interesting with the with the pilot because obviously this the American ones have got the best ones in the world and then the pilot they're up against starts pulling off some moves so they're like, What the fuck was that? How did they do that? So like, well he's obviously the best pilot going. Mm-hmm. He's got the level five. Uh, planes, all the bullshit jargon planes. This is the F forty six, but oh, if we were in an F eighty or an F ninety two, we could have done this. But only an F forty three can do this bit to go up here, to go up here. And I'm pretty sure if you go to Mark ten, you die. So that whole Mark ten stuff's all fucking bullshit. Like that's not a thing. Humans haven't done that. I think we've done it in space once. Like right. you, the guys not flying planes at Mark ten out of a fucking volcanic gorge and a mountain or whatever the fuck it was it's just a bit stupid uh, and I, it does absolutely nothing for me in the what slide. I want to know is uh, 
How good will they Gillette razors be when they get to Mark 10? I know. <laughs> so, it says here, um, the atmosphere at which you, which you reach Mark 10, the hypersonic jet is operating, um, would rip your suit to pieces and decelerate so quickly that your organs would smash into your skeleton and turn your body into a bag of soup. There you go. I knew it was sound like that. Like, just... just uh, they might as well at this point, right, just make modern-day Tom Cruise just make it his own universe and Tom Cruise is just a, a weird superhero that jumps between characters and it's just Tom Cruise and he's a superhero that's invulnerable and he's actually Superman and just like some sort of multiverse Tom Cruise's multiverse of madness multiverse and it's just different versions of Tom Cruise uh, and you can't because you can shoot him you can fucking does all like you can pop up in buildings he's plane crashed twice he survived two plane crashes without a fucking <laughs> cut like not even a scratch like, it felt like there was no, considering that they were meant to be in these dangerous situations all the time, see if they're saying, oh, like, oh, we're going to need to avoid getting shot down and you're, you're anticipating, oh, no, what's going to happen if we get shot down and one of them gets shot down and can what happens? Nothing. You just get up and walk away. And then there's, like, the army base of these horrible enemy and they've just left some planes about. There's no count there. They just walk in freely. There's no jeopardy for anything. And then you're back going left and right in a fucking plane again. It's fucking boring shit. I hate it was it. very Scooby-Doo that he running across the airfield into that plane. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did that not just happen to be the plane, the type of plane for the first film as well? Yes. Yeah. Imagine the coincidence. <laughs> and it's the only bit that's not been blown up. I mean, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's just, I liked films for this time period. I like the feel about it. I like the fact that they had the font very 90s and they did the credits mm-hmm. like a 90s film at the start. I thought that was really cool. It's just like, I liked Rambo and I liked Commando and like fucking Terminator. That was the type of shit, action shit I liked at the time. This was just fucking lame bullshit for wanky Americans for me. Like that's, it's just no for me. They can't afford to pay their bar bill. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, even that, like, oh, oh, that's a total American thing. Take, you imagine Scotland, they ring a bell and, like, oh, you've all got to drink or whatever. Everyone's like, hey, fuck off. Like, you know, the only time you get that reaction in Scotland is if somebody drops a glass and it smashes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a concept of I'm walking up to Barnes and, yeah, never four beers in the old timer. It's like, uh, I like, like they, they don't even know he's, like, military or ex military at that point. They've just got up putting drinks on his tab and he's just not even saying who the fuck do you think you are putting drinks on my tab well I, I googled this at the time because I thought with it, how full that bar was and it wasn't even dinner time and he uh-huh. was buying everybody around and the multiple people were buying it I thought I wonder how much money a, a captain naval aviator makes um, and they, they make about $90,000 a year so what's that about 60 grand a year you can't yeah. buy fucking rounds like that just every time you put yeah. your phone in the bar. Unless, depending on, as I don't know if it's similar. To the, like, I know, like for the UK, like if you're out the country, like fifty percent of the year, your salary becomes tax free. So you could be getting basically ninety grand full plus bonuses. So it might be doing no bad for yourself. <laughs> he's got a for he's in aircraft hangar where he fixes his own plane. It must be doing no bad for yourself. <laughs> The question I want to ask is, how was that guy able to go to the jukebox, push to the number and get to be on next? He would have been in a queue about 25 waiting. I know. <laughs> I know. 
and how was that jukebox no change since the first film? They like you've got yeah, you can, there's an app where you can get it's like there's an app you can get for basically I'm not even sure if I can show you this, but you can like find a pub somewhere in like Glasgow or Edinburgh or London and you can then put the next song on for sitting on your puss and Stennis Moo if you want to. <laughs> I like that. No, not that we'll ever go yeah. in Glasgow. You're saying about the old jukebox and the old songs and that. There's just a bit too many flashbacks and like, I mean, who cares? Like, who really cares about any of it? Like, I don't know. I, I know I'm in the minority here. I'm in the Sean position that I'll be the one getting the stick when we put this on Instagram. Spoke I think it's, it's like um, it's in, but the, the the hard bit is, is the storyline isn't great. There's so many plot holes. There's so many really good points about things that don't make sense. But it's like a feel-good action movie you can stick on during the day and not give it too much attention. Like it's quite a good film for that type of stuff. Um, I, I enjoyed myself watching this. Does anyone want to have any more thoughts or feelings towards it? Yeah, I'll go. Um... Nah, no thanks. Nobody, nobody <laughs> want to go. <laughs> I might be on mute. I'm going to talk anyway then. Um, <laughs> no, it's like I'd, I, to be honest, like at the start I was. I was not looking forward to this. Um, I just thought I wouldn't enjoy it at all. Um, so I was actually pretty shocked how much I liked it. Um, since Daniel started talking, it has made me not feel as good about the overall score. I was going to give it originally because he's pointed at quite a few things. That, but I think for me, it's like I, I just sort of let it flow and wasn't really interested in the potholes. I thought Tom Cruise was classing it. Um, and I think it, obviously we discussed earlier how it, how it does a good job of referring back to the first film without going too in depth about it too. So I thought like Maverick was explained perfectly, had an insight in its character. Um and also I think even though there wasn't much there wasn't loads of screen time given towards the people in his team, there was enough so that you actually felt something towards them. Instead of sometimes you watch films and you're just like, couldn't give two shits about that person, they're not on screen enough, you don't know enough about them, etc. Um I thought the the rooster and penny parts added layers to it as well. Um, do get Daniel's point where it's like I wasn't really interested in them in the actual mission itself. Like so, if they had, but Daniel obviously had too much on that, and to me, I could have probably done with a wee bit less. But if it was even more focused, I would have been like, nah, not for me. But there was there was probably a reasonably happy medium. Um, and the end of the film, it was it was expected. Like even I could see it happening, which is similar to what Sean was saying on on the film we discussed half an hour ago. Um, but I think sometimes with a good film, you don't need a twist. I don't think there's there's very few... I don't think I've really got any bad points about this to say. So, um, And because you have said about how this is better than the first one, or some of you have said that, I'm not in any rush to go back to watch the first one, but that's not because I didn't enjoy it. It's just because... I don't feel there's any need to. Like, I've enjoyed this one. It's not as if I've missed anything. Um, I was going to mention that the thing that we and, me and you spoke about in our chat, Kel, so, because you confused me by your response, I'm hoping you can explain it to me again or somebody else can, is that the only thing when you said about there being, I think it was Daniel men- mentioned earlier about how nobody gets gets hurt, really, throughout the full film. There's maybe obviously this massive jeopardy in it. And the only time where they do get hurt is like, so are they, when they're training for that, are they at their own base, but they're actually, have they, have they got the mission sort of set up in their own back, 
own way so they can actually do a sort of practice then. Mm-hmm. Like, right. So, because I was thinking, because I wasn't sure as if it looked that way, but then I was, because I was thinking they would be in some sort of simulator. Obviously, maybe, I don't know why, they, maybe they didn't have techno. But obviously, the way they, the two of them end up in hospital, whereas I'm thinking that surely if you're doing training, you don't want to take it to such extreme that somebody could actually die during training, which I thought was a bit bizarre. But maybe that is something that does happen. That's that's the part obviously I was confused at Kel when when we we're messing about it. But I've sort of answered my own question to an extent. Then or Daniel has helped. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that would be weird. And then how how they would go to such extremes in terms of going that low instead of there being some kind of like safety net for it. I think there was kind of two parts to the bits where I think the confusion come from because obviously it starts off with them, him hitting the Mac 10 because they were trying to shut him down because they wanted to have unmanned pilots, which was going to be the future. So it was going mm-hmm. to get rid of his type of job role. And then secondly, they, in, the, in the training, they've got obviously a land area that they're using, but they've got the simulation running, but it's live training. So they are in the planes, they are doing a mimic of what would be the track that they're going to be getting on. So it's a, probably a lot safer. That Because the only thing that made it unsafe was a, a bunch of birds <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, that made it catch fire because they were in control at that point and then that fucks it. And it probably, I suppose, it done, a, for me, a good way of showing you how dangerous it can be because mm-hmm. they were, like, fully in control. And it just takes a fucking pigeon to fly by and crash a million-pound jet. That was probably just my lack of understanding what was actually going on at the time more than anything else. But yeah, that's all my thoughts, and I thought it was I really enjoyed it. Which so thanks, Hunter. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't get that often, Hunter, when you pick movies. No, no, I was I was due a win of some variety. <laughs> due a win, due a win. Let's get some trivia out there, Hunter. All right. So at the the insistence of Tom Cruise. There's minimal green screen and CGI aerial shots in this film, and even the close-up cockpit shots were taken during real in-flight sequences. This meant that much of the cast had to undergo extensive G-force training sessions to withstand any of the physical demands of G-force pressures during flights. Um, At the insistence of Miles Teller, he learned how to play great balls of fire on the piano, um, without a double, he studied music when he was younger and still dabbles in it, as we can tell from that great film that we watched a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. I forgot the name of it. Whiplash. That's the one. So as we know, Miles Teller was cast in the role of Goosey's son, and the other two actors that got into the final three were Nicholas Holt and Glenn Powell. Um, all three were flown to the house of Tom Cruise for chemistry tests. And Powell was also good enough that they ended up uh, creating a role for him in their film. Who did they play? I'm sure that's Hangman. Is it no Hangman? Yeah. Is yeah. the guy? He's also in the Expendables. He's like in the new team of the Expendables. I thought Miles Teller was good. That's the one part yeah. of actually. Uh, so the film is the fifth film that has earned one billion dollars worldwide without ever being released in China. Um, the first four films to achieve this were Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man's Chest, The Dark Knight, Joker, and Spider-Man: No Way Home. Some favourites for us there. Yes. 
Pirates of the Caribbean is the best Disney movie of all time, Sean, isn't it? The first one, yeah. So, uh, Admiral Tom Ice, Iceman Kaczynski uh, has a relapse of throat cancer and dies from it during the film. Uh, in real life, Val Kilmer was suffering from throat cancer at the time, resulting in his vocal cords being damaged so severely that he was unable to speak. To accommodate this, uh, his character communicates through typing and only speaks three lines near the end of the scene. Those spoken lines were created via synthetic vocal generator program to emulate Kilmer's voice. Essentially, this is what started actor strikes with fucking AI taking over roles in films. Because you would never know. You would never know it wasn't him speaking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is really mad that that's a possibility in the real world. Like, this is some proper black mirror shit that's going on. Yeah. Oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Oh no. Deep fakes. Imagine how deep fake he is. Like just me and Burnsy shagging or something. <laughs> <laughs> Meeting in the cinema together, opening <laughs> up with your tuna sandwiches. <laughs> at least at least if I could do that, I could take like five five I could take the four four years with me and then just make it look as if I had friends so I go to the cinema. <laughs> I think you made the four years to wank you off. <laughs> <laughs> That's already happened though. We've got footage of that. <laughs> Fake cinema trip. That's on the Patreon. <laughs> well, listen, let's get scoring into Top Gun Maverick and we'll wrap up. Bunzi, wrap up. <laughs> well, you want uh, Hunter, <laughs> what's your selection? We will come to you first. I, we used this description for a film a few weeks ago, but I think for me, in my opinion, this is the type of film that falls into that perfect popcorn movie. 3.75 out of 5 for me. 3.75 for the perfect popcorn movie. Sean? Hey, I'm going to give it a 3. E for Sean. That's on the high side for him. Burnsy? I'm going to follow Hunter with a 3.75. 3.75 for Burnsy. And also a 3.75 for me. Really enjoyed it. Tip. Made sure I left Daniel to last. We're going to have a little pause for a second for the composer's his <laughs> score here. Daniel, what would you like to rate the movie that's 126 on IMDb's top 250 of all time? Um, can I have a one, please? <laughs> <laughs> a one for top come, as we're going to call it's it. It's not for me. It's for the other people. It's not for me. <laughs> Okay, dokie. Burnsy, what does that then do to the overall scoring? 3.05. 3.05. I did ask last week, guys, if he's wanted to hazard a guess at where that was going to lead the board. Nobody took me up on it, really. Um, so a 3.05 puts this movie in line with Room. Good mm-hmm. movie. Kick-Ass. That's much better than this. And it also puts it in line with the greatest Disney movie of all time, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's there almost we like go. we've planned this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would love to think that we were that organised. Uh, but that does bring us to the end of this series of Seen and Unseen. So next week's um, podcast is going to be going into new movies. We're going to have a slightly longer series as our new addition to the Moron Squad will be joining us permanently from the next recordings. 
Paul Dubs, W. Wilson, whatever you want to call him, will be with us. Um, it was mentioned in the previous podcast about him joining us. You all will see it on the social medias. Uh, welcome him in. Let's shittle over some of these scores because he will be very opinionated in some of them. Um, so this will be interesting. Next, guys, are we going to announce what the next two movies are? Do you want to announce Let's go two at a time. Let's go two at a time. Go for it. Well, so it's American, American Psycho next week. And then I can't remember what was second. <laughs> Anyone else? I've no idea. Uh, the do- Doctor fucking something. Doctor Sleep, it's my choice. I Doctor Sleep, mm-hmm. the sequel to The Shining. Oh, so another horror movie coming in so quickly after a movie you could probably say is quite horror as well with American Psycho. So, uh, yes, yeah, John, have fun with that. Did you not say last week, Sean, as well, that you didn't want another horror film quite soon after that? It was only about 45 minutes ago I said that, aye. To be fair, I don't think either of these are like classic horrors. They're no, they're no, American Psycho definitely is, not And uh, I'm assuming Dr. Sleep will be more psychological than a horror. Psychological, jumpy, Sean Carey sleep at night sort of mm-hmm. thing. Maybe a wee bit, aye. I've only, I've only listened to the book. I have not seen the film. It's my unseen. Well, let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm sure Sean will love it and uh, his partner will make it nice and easy for him to not be scared whilst experiencing (laughs) the movie. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to us once again. We will see you soon. As Morans do, bid you farewell. Bye. Bye. Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Whoa! Up here, you morons! Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! Hey, moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye.